Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSEZ. Now, Kramer Says. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 20th, and um, we everything's falling apart. You don't have to be a genius to realize that we're in trouble in this nation. I know that sometimes what I do tends to sound like I'm a black pill and that I'm negative, negative, negative. That is not the case. No, you see, I'm the guy who says, um, this is going on right now and it's going to get worse if you don't step up. It's bad. It, folks, it's bad. It's going to get worse unless you step up, unless you make your voice heard. How do you do that? Well, we're going to start planning things around the country. We're excited to talk about things that events that we want to be a part of, and we want you to be there with us. I can't fight this alone. My team, the guys and gals behind me, they can't fight this alone. We can't even make a dent together. Other than this podcast and the stuff that we do on social media, some of the some of the uh, conversations that we've had with our political leaders, that's what we've been able to do so far. And no, we don't need your money. See, that's the that's the call that everybody makes. Well, if you give us your money, we can go fight for you. Nope, I don't want your money. I want you. I want you showing up. I want you playing a role in defending your individual rights. The individual at some point has to stand for their own rights. They can't wait for the army or the military or Trump or Q or or anyone else. You can have all the faith you want. Read your Bible. I'm not even I'm not even close to being religious. Now I was I was raised, my dad is an evangelical was, he's he's passed away recently, but he was an evangelical minister my entire life. My relationship, it's been questioned here recently because of my stance on Q. How can you not believe in Q? You probably don't even believe in God. You see what I'm saying? That's the mentality of these people. They're equating Q with God. If I don't believe in Q, how could I possibly believe in God? Well, my relationship with um, a higher being is mine. It's private. No, I don't believe like most people. I I, I I don't like organized religion. I've seen what happens with organized religion. It's no different than politics. Why do you think that I'm so good at doing what I do? Talking how I talk. Where do you think I learned that? It was in the church. That's where I learned it. I learned the politics that I know today from the church. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to church and you shouldn't believe in God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I have a different perspective on religion in the way that it's structured. And it's no different than politics. And if you think it is, again, as you'll hear me say all the time, you're being naive. You're not looking deep enough. I left the church when I was 16 years old. 16, because of what happened. What they did to me at 16 years old, I said, that's enough. I don't need any of this bullshit. I don't need the people. My relationship with a higher power or God or whatever you want to call it, the universe is mine. People have a hard time with that. They can't wrap their head around that. Well, you've got to go to church. Nope, you don't. Go look at your Bible. And look at your Bible when it comes to faith. Faith without action is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. It's hope. And what do the people of politics keep offering us? Hope. They keep saying, well, we're going to give you hope. We're offering you hope. We, we, we We just hope that everything will get better. Hope. Well, hope is nothing more than faith without action. 
That's nothing. You have to take action. So in getting things together, over the next few months, we're going to plan some events throughout the Midwest. We hope that you can join us um, and um, have some fun with us. Get together. Again, we need to have our voices heard. Politicians will tell you they need your money. People will say, hey, buy my T-shirt so I can go spread the word. Are they telling you what you want to hear so you'll buy their T-shirt? Or are they really spreading the word? Well, we've decided to cut out the middleman. We don't want your money. I'll never ask you for money. Not one time, ever. Nope, won't do it. That's one of the things I learned from church. You see, the tithing thing and the the evangelical ministers on TV, what have they proven to be time and time again as soon as they got their hands on that money? No different than our politicians. So we don't ask for that. We ask for you, your assistance, your help, your time. That's the biggest investment you can make in your future. It doesn't have anything to do with money. It's your time. Investing your time, it's the most valuable thing that you can offer us. Your assistance, your voice, your time. Don't need your money. Nope. Money can't buy you standing there in front of a congressman or in front of a senator or in front of the state legislature telling your story about how what they're doing is destroying your life. Now, when I say that, you don't have to be nice about it. Nope. Nope. They work for you. They're your employees. And that's what they've forgotten. They think they run us. They are in power because we have loaned them that power. We've given it to them on loan. And at any point, the Constitution says, we have the right to pull that back. And what we're seeing is that happening before our very eyes right now. Um, Pete Buttigieg, the Transportation Secretary, or Secretary of uh, Transportation, was grilled, grilled on the mental capacity of Joe Biden. And I want you to listen how he sidesteps this at every, at every turn. The reason I'm playing this is because the American people are starting to stand up and ask some serious questions. And finally, bold, heroic politicians, leaders, that's what leaders are. Leaders are the people that stand up by themselves. They say whatever they're going to say, and they don't worry about the fallout because it's what they believe. That's leadership. You've also got crazy people that do that. You've got crazy people that do that. I'm sorry about that. But leadership is not just getting up on a soapbox and spewing bullshit. It's actually taking action to showcase that what you're doing is the right way to go. That's what leadership is. And that's what some of our politicians have finally, they've grown a pair of balls to start speaking to the American public and asking the hard questions that need to be asked that are not being asked by other politicians or the mainstream media. And in fact, the only person that I see right now asking hard questions is Peter Ducey of Fox. He's the only one that I see. It's not enough. Even our conservative uh, news outlets are reluctant to ask the hard questions because they're afraid that they won't get asked back. They're, they're, they're too worried about their own gig or access to that person, access to the White House. Well, if, if we ask the tough questions, they, they won't allow us back. That's fine. Then ask the hard questions outside. And then go find the proof of what you're asking. Ask, get, get other people. That's what I do. I can't get Joe Biden to talk to him and find out, hey, Joe, what's your mental, mental capacity? What, what is your cognitive ability, ability these days? I, I don't have that access. Do you? Nope. But I can get people farther down the line. And that's what exactly what happens in this hearing in Congress. Pete Buttigieg speaks very bluntly <laughs> about how bold the president is and, um, and how well he is doing mentally.
Uh, the uh, the guy grilling Buttigieg, Buttigieg here is Representative Troy Nels out of Texas. He's out of the 22nd District. Listen to the, the, the simple question that he asked. This is how he starts. And listen how he, he ropes him in. This is genius. This is the kind of stuff that I love to do. He ropes him in by, by coming in through the back door. Well, I don't know if I want to say that about Pete Buttigieg. Well, anyway, here you go. Please describe America to me in one single word. What would that be if you could describe America in one single word? Well, for me, I guess home. Home. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, just a few weeks ago, this is how President Biden described America in one word. Could you please tell me what that word means? It's this one right here. Mm -hmm. Could you even say the word? Congressman, I'm not in the habit of trying to read transcriptions. I bring this up to you, sir. I bring this up to you. Okay, so what you see in the the, the, the photo that's being held up above the congressman's head is um, the word that Joe used to describe America, which is a bunch of consonants and a couple of vowels put together. It is not a word. Is it a, you know what he said, right? Describe one, describe America in one word. and <laughs> That's basically what he got. Almost impossible right now to find that video clip, by the way. But Pete Buttigieg, all of a sudden, sees where this is going. And says, well, I don't respond to for strange words on a piece of paper. You see what I'm saying? He's trying to pivot off of it. He wants to get out of it and, and, and make the other guy look like he's an idiot or he's bad or, and, and that Pete's taking the high road. Now, keep in mind that Buttigieg is a, he's a media whore. He loves being in front of the media. But now he's caught on camera. And this is what's genius about what Nels does. He does not stop pushing. He keeps pushing. He doesn't let him just say his, his bullshit. He doesn't let Buttigieg say his bullshit and move on. He holds him. It gets better. Listen here. Because you yourself questioned Donald Trump's mental state of mind in September of 2019 when you stated to CNN, I quote, if our presidency is not in good shape, then our country is not in good shape. And Mr. Secretary, I could not agree with you more. I'm going to repeat what your quote is. If our presidency is not in good shape, then our country is not in good shape. So Pete Buttigieg, a month into Donald Trump's presidency, was making that statement that Donald Trump was cognitively um, in trouble, that you needed to pay attention to, to, to what he was doing and saying, because he, he, he may be crazy. He may be insane. He may not be all right upstairs. That's what he was saying back in 2016, 2017, sorry, February of 2017. He was saying that we should look at, at, at Trump's cognitive ability. Remember when that was going on? And Trump's doctor came out and said, no, he's cool. And then they made fun of the doctor. They went after the doctor. They attacked the doctor. Do you realize what's going on here? If you haven't, it's no different than eighth grade. I keep saying the same thing. We're still in seventh or eighth grade. Um, The the dynamics are much bigger. The the consequences are much larger. But it's no different than eighth grade. There's a bunch of mean girls and bullies that are in charge right now. I mean, you can look at how, how they take action, how they, how they, when they get upset with you, they attack you, or they sick the FBI on you. As a parent, you can't show up and, and go to a school board meeting. No, we don't allow that. Get the FBI on them. Does that sound like a rational human being or a mean girl or a bully on the playground in eighth grade? Yeah.
That's what it sounds like. That's what it is. Those people have not changed. The little mean girl on the, on the playground and the bully on the playground, they grew up. They don't change, folks. Bullies do not change. You know in your life, woman, a bitch that you've known your entire life. Well, you may call her cunt because you know what she is. She's a mean girl. She'll do anything she can to get her way. And bullies are no different. The bullies, yeah, now, what's the difference between a mean girl and a bully? They're the same thing, right? They're, they're the same thing. I just, I just, in my mind, bullies are guys, mean girls are mean girls. Make sense? Okay. But they haven't changed. Those people have not changed. They grew up to become adult bullies. And instead of being bullies like they used to, where they would push you around on the playground, now they do it with laws. They do it with rules. They're the Karens of our society. Now, not all Karens are bullies or mean girls. Not all Karens are. Some Karens are the friends or the followers of those, um, those kind of people, bullies and mean girls. They're, they're the friends, the, you know, the minions, you know, the ones that stand around and support them, what they're doing. They don't have the balls to step forward themselves and do it on their own. But if somebody else will, then they'll follow. You see, the first leaders that we met in our lives on the first day of school or the first day of daycare was the bully, was the mean girl. That was true leadership. They learned how to be leaders very early. Because if they could get people to follow them by being mean or oppressing someone else, they're going to do that. And they're going to do that the rest of their lives. That's the psychology of that mentality. They haven't changed. Think back. How many bullies do you know? How many mean girls do you know that have gone on to be very successful, but they're ruthless because they've done the exact same thing their entire lives? They don't change. They don't change. And that's what we have to be afraid of because the people that are in, in power right now, many of them were the most picked on, most abused, most bullied people in school. Think about it. It's their turn, their time to get even. And that's what they're doing. We're going to play by my rules now. That's what they're saying. We're going to play by my rules, where I get to dress up in a dress, and you can't say anything about it. You can't call me names. And in fact, if you do, if you do, I will have you stripped of all your social rights. I will have you canceled. That's the way they think. You know that. You can't make fun of Pete Buttigieg and his husband. Oh, no. Nope, 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 nope. Can't do that. Can't make fun of the, uh, the, the, uh, the energy. I think it's uh, the, the, the transvestite energy direct, director of energy. I mean, look at the cabinet we have right now with, um, with Biden. The LGBTQ community takes up a larger portion of the alphabet than they do our actual society. They have a larger percentage. They're acronyms. They just added an I and a plus sign. I don't know what the fuck they're doing next. But that group of letters is a larger percentage of the alphabet than they actually make up in society. Around 3%. That's what the LGBTQ community makes up. Around 3% of our population. But they're everywhere. Because they show up. Because they take action. They don't, they don't rely on faith or hope. 
They show up, folks. You see what I'm saying? They have the power they have because you're not showing up. Because you're not doing your part. You can't blame anybody else. If you don't show up, it's on you. Now, my, I said my dad was a minister. These sermons that he would give where he's telling the congregation how they've got to pick up their game, those are the ones that the, the congregation hated the most. Those are the ones that he got the most pushback on. How dare you, Brother Kramer? Tell me I'm not being holy. You're not. And you got to pick up your game. Same thing here, folks. Are you seriously expecting someone else to defend your rights more, more, um, to, to, to be a bigger advocate for your rights than you will be for yourself? Seriously? That's what you're going to do? You think that you can sit there on your lazy boy chair on a Sunday afternoon watching football and you think there's a white hat out there or there are Q is out there or some politician is out there defending your freedoms more than you will? Again, you're being childishly naive. It's men like this, heroes like this that are stepping up and they're starting to say, we're going to tell the king he has no clothes. And if we can't tell the king directly, we'll tell all the king's court. And that's what's happening right here with Buttigieg. Nels continues. Inflation's at 9.1%. Gas prices are through the roof. Our adversaries are exploiting our weaknesses across the globe. And our southern border is non-existent. This administration puts the American people last. And now he goes, goes in for the kill. Here comes the kill shot. Because Buttigieg is not going to be able to pivot or defend this. The left and the dishonest media, which in my humble opinion is the greatest threat to this country, the dishonest media. Agreed. Began questioning President Trump's mental state back in February of 2017, a month into his presidency. Yep. We now have President Biden in office for 18 months. And just <laughs> recently, we now see the mainstream media questioning President Biden's mental state and for good reason. You hear that? 18 months in and now they're starting to say, well, does, 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 does Joe have a problem? We knew Joe had a problem on day one. The day that he took the stage and he said at, at, at one of his first gatherings, I don't know where I am. It really doesn't matter. He didn't know what university he was speaking at. Now, I toured with rock bands back in the um, back in the late '80s, early '90s, and did front of house um, ran the ran the um, the console. You know, when you go to a concert and there's the guy at the big console that runs everything. I did that for about two years. And um, what 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 happens is it, it's it's if you don't know that that industry, you you roll in. And this is the crew. They roll in in the morning. They've been driving all night. They roll in in the morning and they get to the venue and everything gets opened up and, and, and everything's wheeled in and it starts getting set up. And then while the concert's going on, we're working for that concert. And then when it's done, we load everything back up in a truck and take off and we sleep on the vans or uh, on the buses. Um, now, that lifestyle is very monotonous. What I mean by that, it sounds exciting, uh, but it's the same thing every night. Uh, you would have a concert, you'd go backstage, you would party, um, and then you get up the next morning and do it over again. And, and here's, here's, <laughs> here's what was interesting. There were days that I would go, four or five days, not knowing what city I was in. It's easy to do. So when you hear of a, a rock star or somebody doing that, that's easy to do. 
because you're doing it every day. And one night you're in Columbus, and the next night you're in Toledo, and the next night you're in Indianapolis, and the next night you're in Louisville, and the next night you're in Kansas City. That's how the route goes. Something like that. So it's easy to lose track of where you are if you don't have handlers. If you don't have somebody telling you, this is where you are, this is what, you, what, what you're doing. Especially when he's giving a speech. I mean, if you don't know where you are because you've been traveling for five days and you're not sure what city you're in, that's understandable. Somebody else is driving, you're not looking at the map, and if, unless somebody tells you, hey, we're in Toledo, you might not know that you're in Toledo. But Joe has handlers. Someone to tell him right before he goes on, you're at this university. This is the reason you're here. And either they don't do that, or Joe is incapable of remembering those instructions. Which appears to be the case, because what do they have in front of him all the time? What, what, what have we seen here lately? His little cards. And not just his cards, but his cards that tell him to stand up, turn around, sit down, what to do next, or pause and read the next line. And now that's being questioned, not by just the right. The mainstream media has started to see, or at least recognize that they have to recognize it because it's so blatant. And finally, we have some, some, some Congress people, some politicians that are standing up and asking the hard questions. Nels continues. Sadly, he shakes hands with ghosts and imaginary people. He falls off bicycles. Even at the White House Easter celebration, the Easter Bunny had to guide him back into his safe place. Cue cards that say sit here or end of speech, which he actually states, that is, if he stays awake. Yep. So Nails, Nails goes after him. Says what Joe's doing. Not only does it, and this is genius, not only has he made these statements public, but he did it at a hearing. They're now part of the congressional record. Researchers in years to come will know that Joe Biden was senile. He has dementia. Now, I'm not laughing about the fact that this man has dementia. I think it's sad what his, for power, what the people around him have done to this poor man. Now, he may want it, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that it's not right. They know what they're doing. They are 100% aware, and that's why, they, that's why they guard him so preciously, because they cannot allow this man to lose power, because if he loses power, they're out as well. That's what they know. They have to support this king, senile or not, because if they don't, they'll get canceled. That's the fear. Nels goes on. And um, really hits Joe here. I really hit uh, Buddha Judge here about Joe, and asked some very specific questions. And here's what's interesting: listen to what the response of Buddha Judge is. Buddha Judge's response is to feel insulted. How dare you ask that question, sir? Nels doesn't care. So my question for you is, sir, have you spoken with any other cabinet members about implementing the Twenty Fifth Amendment on President Biden? First of all, I'm glad to have a president who can ride a bicycle. He can't? Well, yes, he can. It appears that Joe can ride a bicycle. Joe can't stop a bicycle. And people will say, well, his feet just got caught up. That'll happen when you have dementia. You don't have control of your motor skills. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to make excuses. But we see Joe falling upstairs. 
we see Joe shaking hands with a ghost. And we see Joe falling off of his bike. That is not what a healthy person does. That's not what someone with their full cognitive abilities does. And if and if, even if it is, do you want this guy that can't control himself as your president? Well, that's what Nels is, is going to talk about next. And listen to what, Peter, uh, what Buttigieg says next. He's offended. He's offended by the question. That's the first thing they do. They try to put you back on your heels. They try to put you as the bad guy. I'm the good guy. What you just did. Well, again, it's a mean girl tactic. It's a, it's a bully tactic. They, they, they try to divert it, right? They, they want to pivot off of what you just said. Nels will not stop asking the question. Listen to what happens next. And I will look beyond the, the insulting nature of that question. Do you hear that? The insulting nature of that question. I, I, I don't have to answer that. Nails isn't having it. Nope. He keeps pushing him. Buttigieg finally has to give a yes or no question, or a yes or no answer. Listen to what he says. Listen closely here. Clear to you that the president have of the United States... Have you spoken to any other cabinet not. members about implementing the 25th Amendment on President Biden? The, of course please not. Please allow the you witness. Know have you emailed... This is my time. Have you emailed any members with the, the executive States. branch about the president's health the or cognitive decline, the United States including text messages from your private phone? Boss as I, have I ever figured had So here we go. So Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg is pushing back. Now, listen to how vigorously he does that. I'm going to rewind this a bit. Listen to how vigorously he fights for Joe that, no, this guy is, this guy here is, uh, oh, yeah, he's got all his cognitive abilities, and I really think that he's the best boss ever. If somebody was going after a boss of mine that I really liked, and I knew that that information was false, I wouldn't be, hey, guys, yeah, I really like Joe. He's the best boss ever. Listen again to how he responds. President's health or president's cognitive decline, of the United States including text as messages from your private or phone. Boss, as I have I ever had the pleasure this. of working with. What about a political appointees at USDOT? Have you spoken about gentleman's time has expired? I couldn't hear the question. So my question. So that's what we have, folks. That's what we have. They know he's in cognitive de- de- decline. They don't care. Will they twenty fifth, Joe? I don't think so. I don't think, and we'll go back to the to the well on this one here. I, I don't think that we'll have the elections this fall. I don't I don't see how Democrats can allow them to happen fairly. I just don't. We're already having massive issues with our primaries. Same thing happened um, in Mar- Maryland last night. Maryland's elections didn't go off without a hitch. Nope, machines didn't work. All kinds of issues. Remember in the old days when you went in and it was a paper thing, right? Oddly, those always worked. Didn't have the issues there where you had a paper trail. But these computers, they're they're just so goddamn finicky. Every time I hear of a computer not working, today, I laugh. I work with computers every day. Never had a problem with them. I I don't understand how people have problems with their computers. I just don't. Nine times out of ten, it's human error. But the machines themselves, if maintained, work flawlessly. Until they're just too slow to do what you're asking them to do. And, th- and then you get another one. I've never had a computer fail on me. And, and I own an advertising agency. And I have owned thousands of computers. Thousands. Doesn't make sense, folks. That what they're getting ready to do. What they're trying to tell you. Is that we're going to, we're going to have a red wave this fall. 
It doesn't make sense. Let me walk you through it. If you haven't listened before and, and listened to what I've said about this, pay attention. There's no way the Democrats can allow a free and fair election with full transparency. They can't allow it to happen. The midterms, don't worry about 24. The midterms are more important than 24 right now. The midterms set us up for 24. Now, here's, here's what everybody's doing. They're, 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 wanting, they're wanting the midterms to be their savior. They're not going to have to lift a finger, and all they're going to have to do is go vote, and things will return to normal. The Republicans will take over the House. The Republicans will take over the Senate. There's a potential. They may even impeach Joe and Kamala and get Nancy Pelosi out of there and then indict them all, put Trump in as Speaker of the House, and when they impeach, Trump automatically becomes the new president. That, that's an option. It's legal. And by the way, well, well, Trump can't be Speaker of the House. Yeah, he can. You can be Speaker of the House. You do not have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker. Didn't know that, did you? So there's a pathway for Trump to take over in 22, actually early 23. Do you think they're going to let that happen? Do you think Democrats, and not just Democrats, but the globalist that hate Trump with a passion, do you think that they're going to allow that to happen after everything that they've done to get him out? No, that's what the January 6th hearings are for. The January 6th hearings are, are to make Trump a felon. That's all it is. So he can't run again. So he legally cannot run as president. That's the only purpose of the January 6th hearings. They want him indicted on charges so that he can't run. Starting to get it now? It's not just about what happened on January 6th. It's about Trump not being able to run in 24. Schiff, last week, put through a an emergency amendment. I'll call it an emergency amendment. It was hidden. It was done in the dark of night. And this amendment um, to the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, says that the military, if it has information, evidence of wrongdoing, that that information can never be shared with the public in either civil or criminal uh, cases ever. Let that sink in, folks. You've got a politician who is saying that if the military has evidence of wrongdoing by people in Congress, by people in the nation, by people in the military, that that evidence cannot be used in, in civil or criminal cases against them. It can only be used in a military tribunal. Why would Adam Schiff take that power, that, that ability to gather evidence out of prosecutors' hands? Because the military has everything. Nope, I'm not a believer in Q, but if you, if, you know, if you know what the NSA does and you know what the military does with data in and out of this country, they've got everything. It's all there, folks. And that's, that's, what, I, that's what I keep telling people. Try to get to understand. The information is there. You're starting to see it spill out a little bit, out of Maricopa County, out of Wisconsin, out of, out of Arizona. You're starting to see it, it come out of Texas. The information about what happened in 2020, how the election was stolen, how the election was rigged. The military has that. Why do you think Adam Schiff secretly put that little amendment in there? It was passed by the House, by the way. It still has to go to the Senate. Why do you think they're doing that? Why do you think they're taking the actions that they're taking? Why do you think that they've buttoned down the Capitol even more 
There's no way another January 6th is going to happen the way that building is structured right now. Why are they doing all that? Because they know what's coming next. They know what they have to do next to, to retain power. Do you think that they're going to allow the Republicans to go in and start investigations into what happened in 2020? Well, let's, let's even go all the way back. Let's go to 2016. They've been doing it for four or five years, we know. We know that they've been doing it. We, we know that the evidence shows that it was attempted in 2016. And that's why the media went out and said that, that Hillary's going to win 99% to one. It didn't work. There was such a high turnout for Trump that it didn't work. And then it worked for, uh, they tried it again in Georgia with Stacey Abrams. She lost. Didn't work where they expected it to work. They were trying to get power in these battleground states and it didn't work. Something went wrong, but they got it right in 2020. It worked in 2020. Have you ever heard ever, ever of an election where one side that represents half the nation is only going to get 1% of the vote? That's what they're saying, that, that she had a 99.9% chance of winning. Trump had less than 1% chance of winning. That's what the media wanted us to believe going into the 2016 election. They tried to start doing that again in 2020, and the people, it didn't poll well. People already realized, oh, that's bullshit. We don't trust the polls. Did you trust the polls in 2020? No, because of what happened in 2016. And this time they were prepared for a landslide. Well, partially prepared. That's why they had to stop counting in the middle of the night. Do you see what I'm saying here? All of the actions that have been taken, all the money, all the resources, all the time that's been put into getting Trump out and getting their move toward the uh, Agenda 2030 plan, moving towards that is all they're interested in. They're not going to allow the elections to happen. And if they do, they're not going to be free and fair. Why would they? Because if Republicans get in there, and they start actually doing what we're wanting them to do, which is investigate what happened and what's happened and what's continuing to happen. The bureaucracy, the corruption, the child trafficking, the open border, all of that. Do you think that they're going to allow that to be stopped by your vote? As I always say, you're being childishly naive. They will not. Nope, they can't because they need America to fall. They need America to fall. I, 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 I'm just amazed by the number of people that go throughout their day and have no idea what's at play here. What's at risk? Because they're not putting it together. They're not thinking about how <laughs> politicians and these people that have been cheating for, for eons, how they've done it. You see, the Democrats don't, don't cheat. And, and by the way, Republicans do the same exact thing. They just don't do it to the scale that Democrats do. Republicans cheat. They get busted for doing it all the time, just like Democrats do. But Democrats do it on a much larger scale. And I'm afraid that this last election, the 2020 election, wasn't just Democrats doing it. It was rhinos. It was Republicans doing it with them because they wanted Trump out because he was a threat to their money. He was a threat to their power. They don't just cheat at one, one, one angle. You watch some of the documentaries that are out now. Um, the, the new, uh, the new piece that I was uh, enthralled with, and we're still we're still diving into it because there's more information coming out. But was Joe von Pulitzer's presentation that he made to the to the people of Arizona, 
where he showcased they don't just cheat one way. They cheat here. 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 And it's just a little, it's a little everywhere. A little everywhere. And they can say, well, that's an anomaly. That doesn't matter. It's not widespread. It's not widespread. That, that's how they talked about the 2020 election. It, it was, it's not widespread election fraud. Okay, <clears throat> widespread. The word widespread is being used to diffuse the crime. Imagine if they said, well, it's not widespread murder. It's not widespread rape. It's not widespread assault. It's not widespread rioting. No, it's localized. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's expected to happen. That's what they've done. And again, I keep telling you, I don't want your money. I want your time. I want your energy. I want your voice. That's what it's going to take. So with that being said, we are rebuilding, Kramer says. Um, as you may have noticed, some of my podcasts have been um, sporadic uh, here for the last couple of weeks, primarily because of, of what I've been doing. Um, I did take a small vacation, went deep sea fishing in Florida, but met with a number of people down there um, as well uh, about what's going on in the country and what happens next. So every time I travel, it's to meet other people. It's not just to go and have fun. Um, the, the, the entrepreneurs... The investors, the people that I'm, I'm talking with, the vice presidents and presidents and CEOs of companies are all saying the exact same thing, folks. They're scared shitless. They see the exact same things. They're scared. Not, 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 not for their finances. They're scared for the future. What happens next? What do you think is going to happen in this nation if we turn it over and give 100% control where we never stand up to the mean girls and the bullies. What do you think it's going to be like? It's going to be like eighth grade all over again. Now, I was lucky. Uh, as I've, I've mentioned today, my, my dad was a minister. We moved a lot. Um, my dad's role was kind of <laughs> doing what I do. Um, he went into churches who had problems. Now, the minister had screwed the, the choir leader and they had taken off. Uh, or the, the, uh, the, the lady who was taking care of the finances took off with all the money. Stuff like that. And yes, that happens in churches. They try to keep that quiet, but it happens. And so my dad would go in and take over the church and be there for, oh, anywhere from four to six, maybe eight months. Um, I don't think he spent any longer than a year anywhere. Um, because I went to 14 different schools. From the time I started, started school to the time that I ended. And I got out of school two years early. Started, uh, started kindergarten as, or sorry, first, sorry, started first grade as a kindergartner. Uh, that's a long story. Uh, and then graduated uh, in my junior year at 16. Uh, f- uh, yeah, 16. I was 16 when I graduated. Now, the reason I tell you that is because I went to a number of schools. And those 14 different schools, what I learned very quickly is, is that if you didn't knock the bully down on the first day, Regardless of how long I went to that school, I was going to have a problem with that, 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 that bully. And I didn't put up with the mean girls either. Nope. That's what I learned. And that's what I do to this day. You see, most people are so concerned about people liking them that they won't stand up even when they realize the person that they could stand up against doesn't like them. They still, they still give that person respect. 
because that's what they're supposed to do, right? They're not going to stand up to the bully. They're not, they're not going to um, voice their opinions and say, please don't do that. No, they just put up with it because it's easier to go along than it is to stand up. How much farther do you think we have in this nation? Some of the moves, some of the, some of the things that they're talking about should, should scare the shit out of you. In particular, we're going to get into the, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, um, the desires of Yuval Harari. Yuval Harari is the right-hand man of Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. And some of the things that Yuval Harari is saying, and has been saying for the last 10 years, should scare the shit out of you of what they want to do with, with, with our planet, with our system of governance, and with the human body. And I know it's, th- this shit that I'm getting ready to say sounds like James Bond bullshit. It sounds like a f- supervillain talking. But they're talking about the ability to control the human mind, to control the human body, and to, in fact, get rid of the organic body altogether and be in a computer mind that you would you'd live in a computer. That we would have, you know, non-organic life. And you could, you could do that. That's, that's the future. That he's saying that homo sapiens will be programmed. That no longer do we need God's divine intervention or design. Intelligent design. We don't need that. We, we'll, now, we'll now use the, the, the technologies that we have in front of us. We will become those gods. We will become the intelligent designers. Have you heard about this? Probably not. Here's the thing. You don't have to wait on me. You can take action right now. The guy's name is Yuval Harari. Yeah, I know it's a hard one to spell. So just just, go to YouTube and type in Y-U-V-A-L. You'll find him. Yuval Harari. Listen to him as he talks to these people and gives his speeches and, and says what he thinks the future should be. Everything that we're talking about, folks, everything that we're talking about is going to this goal. Globalization, a global government, global governance, nations will disappear over time. They're saying right now, well, no, 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 you'll still be an American. You'll just have a government over that. We can't in America. You see, we have a constitution. That is the law of the land. It doesn't need a higher power over it. We don't need an EU. You see, that's why Great Britain left the EU. They realized that governance in a distant land does not benefit you locally. They're making decisions on what they think they should do, and it's affecting you locally. Let me, let, let me put this in, into context for you. The majority of the people that are making decisions about your daily life say that men can get pregnant. They think that if you, you know, want to, you can have as many genders as you want. Men dress, dressing up as women and then saying that's a woman. Or being incapable of saying what a woman is. You see, that's, that's, that's the conundrum they're in. They can't define a woman as a woman because now they're saying men are women and that, that, that you don't have any conversation about it because if you, if you debate the issue that that's not a woman 
then then you're the transvestite. Uh, I mean, so you're the, the, the you're transphobic. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you a transvestite. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though. These are the people in charge of your children, folks. These are the people in charge of our future. They're the insane mean girls. They're the insane bullies. And no one has the balls to stand up and say, you're all full of shit. Because they're afraid of being canceled. Individually, you are. You can all be canceled individually. Every one of us can. And that's why it's imperative that we come together. That we utilize our voices. We utilize our bodies. Our presence. In mass formations. <laughs> to do what the left has done. We don't have to burn. We don't have to riot. We don't have to loot. We just have to show who we are and that we're the majority. We do it peaceful. Until it doesn't have to be peaceful. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not a turn your cheek and let him slap the other side guy. You may get one slap, but then I will annihilate you. That's what the left has to be taught. I'm not, I'm not advocating for violence. Never have. But I refuse to be a victim. How about you? Are you tired of it? Are you tired of living in a world where the, we can't talk about the insane among us? We used to lock them up. No, that's, that's, that's violating their personal rights. Okay, then deal with mass shootings. That's the repercussion, folks. We've got people that every time we've had a mass shooting, that person is not new to the system. They've been known within the system for years. We can't, we can't lock them up. That, that violates their rights. Okay, then there, at some point, there's the potential that that person right there will shoot you in a mall or at a school or at a church or at a park. Or as you're walking through, uh, as you're walking down the street uh, at a parade, you'll get mowed over by a truck or car. We have to start standing up, folks, making it known who we are. And when the, how do I put this correctly? Um, when the left sends their goons, that we don't back down and we don't just do uh, the same to them. We annihilate them. That's how you stop a bully. You smack him in the face. How many times have you seen these Antifa motherfuckers get slapped across the face and then start crying? They're badasses, like Mike Tyson says. Everyone has a plan until they get fucking hit in the jaw. They get smacked upside the head. Their plan goes out the window. They haven't gotten smacked upside the jaw, folks. Don't you get it? It's going to take you, the individual, to defend your individual rights. And until you get that through your head, these politicians are going to continue to take advantage of you because they know that you're a kind-hearted person that doesn't want violence. None of the bullies that I ever beat the shit out of did I want to do that to. Not a single one. But that was the price that I had to pay and the price that they had to pay for me... <laughs> to have a peaceful school year. It hasn't changed since eighth grade. Look at it for what it is. The scale is just much larger. And if you don't unite locally, regionally, 
and nationally to defend your rights with others that that have the same thinking that you do, if you refuse to do that, you're the reason that you lose your freedom. They keep saying, well, when they come to my door, too late. When they're at your door, you're fucked. You're fucked. Your neighbor won't stand to defend you. Your neighbor to the the right won't stand to defend you. They won't come to your defense. How do I know? Because you haven't stood up for anyone else yet. You haven't. You starting to see what I'm saying? If you don't stand now, you can't wait for them to come to your house. Do you think our founding fathers waited? No. And do you think they played by the rules? What was the biggest complaint of the Revolutionary War? What did the British say? What did, the, what did all of the people of Europe say? Oh my gosh, those Americans aren't fighting fair. No, you don't fight fair. You fight to win. And, and, and how did, how, how did the, the Americans not fight fair? Well, they stood behind trees and fired at the regiments of British soldiers as they were walking down the street or down the road. They hid themselves. They didn't walk out into a plane and, and make it look like a goddamn chessboard and fire at each other, marching to each other, and then go to hand-to-hand combat. Americans said, nope, we're smarter than that. Not doing that. Not going to play that game. Mm-mm. That's where the Minutemen came from. Firing from behind trees. Guerrilla tactics. They took on their enemy where it hurt them most. It wasn't on the battlefield. It was everywhere else. That's how we do it, folks. We harm them with paper cuts everywhere else. We harm them the same way they cheat everywhere. We harm them everywhere. We start taking away everything from them. They've got to be removed from power. Yuval Harari, when you listen to his speeches about what he wants for the not just the planet, but the human race, he's insane, folks. These people are the new Nazis. Klaus Schwab, Nazi. Yuval Harari, Nazi. The World Economic Forum, another name for Nazis. Listen, listen and look what their plan is. Listen to what they're saying. Look into what they want to do, what their claims are. At Davos, just a few weeks ago, one of the presenters said, when we take over, when our plan is successful, we're going to have to reevaluate what free speech means, especially on the internet. Now, You don't think that means much, but sitting in that audience was my governor, Eric Holcomb, a rhino of all rhinos. He was in that audience. He's in Davos. He was in Davos. Was your governor? How many elected officials that that you think that you believe in, how many of them were in Davos? How many of them were listening to these, these people go on about what they want to do, what the future is supposed to be, what the, the future they want? The future they want is you under oppression. That's the future that they want. And the sooner that you dive into that and realize what they're wanting to do is take away not just the freedoms of the world. And this is an an overreach. Listen to what they're saying. They are crazy. They're telling you everything. I swear to God, what's going on right now is nothing different than a James Bond movie where the the supervillain is in his, you know, mountain lair and James Bond has a laser, you know, going up his crotch as he's tied down to a table and the evil villain is telling him everything. This is what we plan to do, sir. We're going to go to the moon and blow up the moon and we're going to, we're going to make the planet wobble and, and, and drift off into space. Sounds insane. 
But that's what they're saying. That's what Yuval Harari is saying. That's what Klaus Schwab is saying. That's what the people of the World Economic Forum are saying. Listen to them closely. They're telling you what they're going to do. You have to take them seriously. When they say that we want the population decreased, they, they're going to do it, folks. Don't you get it? They're telling you what they're going to do. This isn't me telling you. This is them telling you. They want to depopulate the earth. They want you under complete submission. We are now in a digital world where that is much easier to do. There's serious discussion on how much longer we actually have cash. Once we lose cash, the ability to transfer goods back and forth, monetary funds back and forth privately, that's what cash allows you to do. When that stops, your rights are gone. And if you don't realize that, if you don't realize that by the time that happens, it's too late, they have complete control of you because if they can, if they can control your money, they can control your life. It's already happening in China. Their social program over there, if you don't, if you don't like something and you complain against the government, well, they give you what they call negative interest on your money in the bank. That's right. The longer you keep your money in the bank, the less, it, the less value that it has. It's called negative interest. So if you, if, you think that, if you think that it's going to get better by you sitting on your ass on a Saturday afternoon watching a ball game or at a Friday night at, at a nightclub or mowing your lawn on Tuesday evening, you're being childishly naive. It's going to take you standing up with us to get back all of our rights, not just the ones we're talking about today, but everything. The entire system, our entire America has to be rethought about how we're doing things. The Constitution was clear. The Constitution has been bastardized. Over the last 250 years, it's been bastardized. But in particular, in the last 50 years, the laws that have been put on the books, that people aren't even aware of, people aren't even aware of. The ship has to be righted, and it's going to take you, your friends, your neighbors, your family to do that. And over the next few months... We're going to be putting together a few events throughout the Midwest to make that happen. And I hope you join us. Hope you join us. Um, I had more to go into today, but I'm glad we went down that path. Um, I, I think that it's important for you to realize that your individual rights are yours to defend, not someone else's. You can't wait on Q. You can't wait on Trump. You can't wait on the elections. You have to take action now. There's no magic bullet. Every day they're working to put you under submission, to put you under oppression. Every day. Because that's what mean girls and bullies do. Right? That's what they do. And as I said before, they didn't grow out of it. They just grew up. So with that being said, my name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. We will see you again tomorrow, hopefully. Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSez.com.